Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we wanted to say thank you guys so much for all of the awesome feedback from our last episode, all about PPE. We were also able to offer another giveaway, which is awesome. It's our first Show My Smile giveaway, which we are going to announce a little bit later in the podcast. And we also wanted to give another shout out to our friend Sandy with Smiles for Speech. If you haven't listened to our podcast, we had an extra bonus episode that aired on Wednesday. Where am I? (laughs) It aired aired on Sunday, um, this past Sunday. So it's on our um, channel already. So if you guys haven't listened, please take a listen. She talks all about her organization and all about the shirt campaign that they are having. And if you haven't ordered your shirts yet, run to the website. We will link it on our website or it is also on the Smiles for Speech Instagram page. Um, You need to get those ordered by August 5th in order to receive them by August 27th where there's going to be this awesome virtual movement and you're not going to want to miss it. So check that out. Today our episode is all about books And I feel like Rachel and I both have been just waiting for this episode because every other episode, we usually at least touch on books a little. Um, So we could go on and on and on and on about books, but (laughs) we wanted to bring in a special guest that in our minds is kind of the book expert, especially pertaining to incorporating books into speech and language skills. So Jenna Rayburn Kirk is the founder of Speech Room News, which is an online blog and resource space for SLPs, educators. There's a bunch of parent resources on there. Um, And then she also has a special interest in literacy and incorporating books into therapy sessions, and as well as just in general at home, helping parents incorporate those books. She has a separate Instagram account, Speech Room Library, that highlights these children's books and how she uses them in her therapy sessions um, as ways to support speech and language and learning. So she also has a whole page. I don't know if you guys have seen this, if you're familiar with her pages, but she's on Amazon with a personal page where all these books are linked. So you can just go there really quick, which I think is very helpful for when you're seeing her post about things um, and they're grouped by age. So it's nice to have a space for that. And we are so excited to get to talk to her. Yeah, the really cool thing about the Speech Room Library account that she has, which is really her second account, um, and I think she just started it last year, so it's newer than her other Speech Room News account, but when she posts a book on Instagram, she'll also include different targets that you can use for the book. So she'll post a book and she'll say, this is really good for S blends and R's, and you can also use it for sequencing and questions and social skills, which is so helpful Mm -hmm. because if you're anything like Claire and I, you love books, you love using them in your sessions, and you also love building your library. And that's something we're going to talk to her about too. So like we said, today's episode is all about books and we encourage everyone to work them into their daily sessions, speech therapy sessions as much as possible. And Asha, if you're a speech therapist, Asha actually published an article that's called There's a Book for That. And it was in the Asha Leader in 2017. 
And the main point of the article is they say that there's five main reasons that you should use books to work on practically any speech or language skill. And the five reasons that they included are, number one is books provide a natural context for learning vocabulary. Number two is books are efficient. Number three is books are convenient. Number four is books are fun. And number five is books do not have LED screens, which is something that we cannot stress enough is to really limit that screen time and pick up a book and try and hit all of these things they just talked about in the book. It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to plan a lot of things out. It can come very naturally. Especially during the pandemic, like we know parents out there are struggling. I can only imagine, especially with news that possibly your child may not be going back to school, but we hope that we can give you some simple, easy ideas to just incorporate some books into your child's learning because it really can be easy. Yeah, and the cool thing about this article too is at the bottom of it, if you scroll down, if you look if you look it up on Ash's website and you scroll down, there's a section at the end called Try These Books where they have groups of books listed under different categories. And you guys, these are seriously amazing because they're not your typical like social skills books or things like that. I'll just run through some of the categories that they have, but we will link this also on our website. So make sure you check it out. But they're categories that they have. Um, echo reading, paired reading, Friendly Questions and Predicting, Reader's Theater, which I love. If you don't know what Reader's Theater is, I highly suggest you look um, into it. We can link something about that also on our website. Phonemic Awareness. Um, they also break some of those categories up in, into even smaller sections, like Wordless Books, Books for Visual Learners, and Just for Fun Books, which I thought was super helpful too, because sometimes you need a wordless book and that's going to fit into your session. Or sometimes you have those visual learners that aren't picking up what you're saying unless they have that visual feedback or visual cue in front of them. So that is super helpful too. So today we have the absolute pleasure of having Jenna Rayburn-Kirk here from Speech Room News, and she also has the Speech Room Library. So she's joining us today to talk all about books, and we are so excited to hear from her. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. It's yeah. so to be here. I'm so glad you are here. We would like to start, I guess, by learning a little bit more about you and your background in speech and kind of what you do. Yeah, so I'm a speech language pathologist and I live in Ohio and I've worked mostly in the schools. I've been a school speech therapist for 10 years and I've worked in private clinics or like non mostly nonprofit clinics too and run some summer camps and just done some different things like that. But I'd say the heart of my work has been in the school district and it's been mostly with preschool students. That's kind of my passion is that three to five year sweet spot for me. Yeah. Um, they still really want to come to speech therapy. <laughs> it's still that, exciting. They're still having fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's the hardest part sometimes is to get yes. that buy-in. Yeah. Um, I've done elementary and middle school as well but my heart lies with the littles. Yeah, Great. same. <laughs> and you have such an awesome Instagram community going, especially in the book world. Um, if you guys haven't checked out Jenna's separate speech Instagram for um, Speech Room Library, where she gives a bunch of books, you definitely have to, because I think it's awesome. Yeah, um, so 
Jenna, can you tell us about your favorite go-to book? So I know that's such a big question because yeah. ourselves we're having a hard time honing in on our book favorite books because we're going to share it too. But um, I guess your favorite go-to book for speech therapy um, and incorporating that into lessons and then some activities that might go with that. Yeah, I started this book Instagram last year because. I have a terrible memory and I'm also a visual person. So Pinterest, when Pinterest like was invented, I was all over that because it was a place to go and everything's visual right there. And so I kind of have these Pinterest boards of things, but now my social media heart lies on Instagram. So I kind of wanted to transfer that over to Instagram. So I started just a separate account where everything on that page is about books and I share therapy targets. Like not just the book, but what could you work on so that if you're looking for something later, you can come and find it and look at kind of how I've tagged it. So, which is so I helpful. Really like that. Um, I, I have so many books. It's kind of embarrassing how many books <laughs> I personally own. My brother and sister-in-law were just in town and they were like, so you could run a library. And I was like, yeah, I could run a <laughs> yeah. library. <laughs> Isn't that a great feeling though? So I have a 10 month, almost 11 month old son. And that's been like my justification to just like keep buying books and keep getting more. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Wait, is that a book for the baby? I'm like, yeah, it's a book for the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have an excuse. (laughs) I have expanded my excuses from just not just me wanting to have it and school needing it, but to the right. baby now. Exactly. Like four month old who's really into these high level, not gorgeous picture books that I can right. <laughs> um, So my favorite book to read at home or like the one that just has my heart is Where the Wild Things Are. <gasps> love. So I love that book. And so like, that's my favorite, just read it for fun. And I have used it in therapy a lot too, but I would say like, that's not that helpful because everyone's read that book. So my next favorite kind of use it in therapy book is this wordless picture book by Lizzie Boyd and it's called flashlight. And so it's just a really neat book. It captures kids because the pages are like dark. She goes, this little person goes outside her house and looks Mm -hmm. through, you know, her backyard with a flashlight. So the pages are show up dark, but then the flashlight on the page illuminates part of the pages white. And so it's just a really neat and I mean, automatically, if you bring a flashlight to therapy, you have buy-in. Yes. For sure. kids. Even big kids, even big little kids think that yeah. flashlights are interesting and fun. And, and it's something tell, different. Yeah. You can tell spooky stories with it, or you can mm-hmm. do, you could just do anything. You could do any of your regular therapy ideas with the lights off and a flashlight and they're fun. Like go fish with our tick cards and the lights off and a mm-hmm. flashlight. Awesome. Or better yet, a camping headlight. Like kids think that's so fun. Yes, I love that. Actually, the oh, go ahead. Oh, um, the company um, Usborn Books has like a series where with a flashlight. Like I know they have a rainforest one, and when you shine it, like it might just look like a tree, but when you shine it, you can see all the animals that are in the trees and things like that. I have one of those. I think they're called Shine a Light. Shine a Light. Yep. Yeah, we have one of those too, and so. I like, you know, you could bring any of your sensory bins, turn the light off and, you know, use the flashlight while you're digging through your bin. Anything that you've already planned, if you throw a flashlight in, it's awesome. And it's so low prep because you're just using right. the already pad. And it's something you could make it as like your day activity. So you can transfer it to a bunch of your different kids that you're seeing. So yeah. that's really cool. 
Yeah, I love that. Actually, so for my favorite book, I was going to pick Where the Wild Things Are, but I guess I'm glad I didn't. (laughs) I love that book so much. That's actually like the theme of Henry's first birthday that, of course, I'm already planning. Um, But for, I guess, for my second favorite, I picked The Very Hungry Caterpillar, which I feel like is a staple. Everyone knows it. I love that book for so many reasons. There's a ton of different activities that you can use it for and that I typically do. So I'll just run through a couple for our listeners. Um, For if you're targeting anything sensory or your kids have sensory needs, making a sensory bin um, to go through the life cycles of a butterfly is really fun. If your kids love art, you can always add in an art project with thumbprints to make your caterpillar. Or what I found is doing an art activity, but you're targeting social skills and you only put one set of supplies on the table and they kind of have to figure out that they need to share or take turns or ask for something, which is awesome. That's worked really well for me. Um, And then EET, like describing and comparing the different foods that he eats. You can sort them into like fruits, vegetables, junk food. Um, And then I feel like good ones for any book, regardless of what it is, would just be like those follow-up WH questions or sequencing those story events. One of my favorite things about The Very Hungry Caterpillar is that almost every kid's already read it, too. Yes. You can always judge, like, what they have retained or just what their off-the-cuff narrative skills are before they start. Well, tell me what you know about this book and then let them try and the other thing about really popular books like where the wild things are or very hungry caterpillar is that there's lots of different like youtube creations about that yes like in the book the flashlight the the uh developer the uh the like the website for the author has Mm -hmm. a trailer like a movie trailer which is really interesting for older kids and very hungry caterpillar has a lot of things like that too if you just youtube search Mm -hmm you know, Very Hungry Caterpillar, you can always find stuff. And that really gets buy-in for a little bit older elementary yeah. kids. So maybe their reading level isn't quite as high, so you're using a lower book. But here's how we could make it a little more exciting if you put YouTube in front of any. Yeah, they think it's yeah. so cool. They think They're it's something it. new and yeah. fun. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, my... <laughs> This was so hard for me because I'm the same way. My favorite book changes weekly. And I feel like I have a lot of standard go-tos for like certain periods of time. So right now, this month, it's the Pout Pout Fish that I just love so much. And I think it's because of his little chant that he says. And I like it because I work with a lot of early intervention kids as well. And I think it's a really good book for funny sounds. So his little blub, blub, blub Mm -hmm. thing you could do in like all these different funny voices and you can do the smooch sounds at the end in a funny voice and it just kind of gets their attention a little bit. Um, and I love any books that have that predictable verbal routine in them. So, um, the things that the kids can start filling in. So I'll say his little chant and hopefully they'll finish it with the blah, blah, blah part. Um, I think there's also a lot of really good feelings vocabulary in there. So, oh, the pow pow fish is sad or grumpy or mad, but then he gets happy and joyful. And um, there's a lot of good words to put in there. And I just think it's such a fun book and I get the chant stuck in my head for days, (laughs) but I don't even care because I think it's really cute. So that's my favorite right now. I think one of the things I like about books like pow pow fish is that Mm -hmm. it's like permission to be silly for people because we are really good at being complete yeah. We don't care. Right. Like, let me read a book to you like a crazy person. Yeah. If it gets engagement, I will do it. But parents sometimes 
really have a hard time finding that like silly voice to, yes. to, to work in. And so I'll tell parents, like when you sit down with your kids, say, oh, we're going to read it like Miss Jenna reads it. Mm-hmm. And all fun. And like turn, give them permission to like embody the weirdness Be that silly. I am when I read a book rather than just what they feel more comfortable with. I love so that. And it gets great. the child so much more engaged that way. So that's right, awesome. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do when COVID isn't a thing is stroll the book aisle at Target. Mm. And I feel like I always find the best things there, but that obviously can be like very costly. Um, but one of the books that I saw recently was called The Dot. Have you guys heard of it by Peter yes. Reynolds? Yeah. That is the sweetest book ever. So for those of you that aren't familiar with it, you should definitely look into it. But the story is that there's this little boy, I think his name is Vashti, and he is saying that he's not very creative and there's people encouraging him that he is and he makes this dot. And what our school ended up doing with it was every single teacher had a dot and we all made it into something different. So I made my dot into a donut, but someone else's was a basketball. And then another one was look at, of course, our art teacher had like the most creative one. And it was like looking through a telescope and what was on that side. So I like like, yeah, I I love books like that, but my point of that is that can add up really quickly. So Jenna, I know you said you have a ton of books. What is your like number one go-to for purchasing books to build your own personal library? Well, if you're anything like me, you have to set like a little bit of a budget for yourself. <laughs> yeah. I won't be disclosing my budget. I'm sorry. <laughs> you could just assume it's higher than yours would be. Yeah. <laughs> but still within that, I can't order every book I want. So usually when I see a book, that I'm interested in, I, I'm out, I'm on the internet, and so I'll Amazon it and put it in a wish list, mm. and then before I go to the library every month, my library has, like, curbside pickup, which is amazing, so if I'm not mm. scrolling the library, I do that, like, curbside mm-hmm. pickup. They have lockers, even, so you can go anytime. Doesn't oh, that's awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really nice, and so I'll order them from the library before I decide if I'm going to buy them myself, which helps mm-hmm. cut down on things. Mm-hmm. I like to try to buy them from like independent bookstores if you can sometimes you need an amazon book to come the next day so i do get some books from amazon um and then thriftbooks.com is a really good website for buying books cheap they are used but they're at a significantly lower cost and they have like different costs based on the quality of the book and every book i've gotten has been correct like if it says it's good or fair, then it's good or fair. Yeah, um, I, I saw that actually on your Speechroom library account and we had never heard of it. So we mm-hmm. looked into it and I just looked up three books to give our listeners some comparisons. The first was The Very Hungry Caterpillar, which is usually ten ninety nine, and on there it was three ninety nine for like a used but good. Mm-hmm. Um, then any of the books from There Was an Old Lady series, which are amazing. I'm shocked none of us picked those because I, I feel know. like those are therapy go-tos, but those right. are usually $6 and on Thrift it was $4.69. And then if you give a mouse a cookie, it was usually $16.99 and on Thrift it was $3.99. So that's a huge saving in itself. And I feel like you can get so many more books and materials mm-hmm. for the price of what you would pay at like a Target or a Meyer. So they just send it to you, right? Yeah. Like you pick a bunch and they send it to you. That's yeah, awesome. Just like shopping on Amazon, the shipping is usually pretty fast. Like I'll get it within a week. 
I cannot believe I'd never heard of this. Rachel told me about it recently and I was like, what? Where have I been? (laughs) And I like to go to the regular thrift store when it's not COVID. Right, exactly. So shopping online thrifting. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Um, Well, so I guess on the thrift books, it's a really good option to have too, because you want to make sure that you have a diverse group of books that you're picking from. If you're a parent, if you're a SLP, if you're an educator, you want to have a variety. So um, Jenna, can you tell us why that's so important kind of to have that diversity in books? And not just on, before I move on to about diversity, but also yeah. the scholastic book clubs. Like remember when you were in third grade and your teacher passed out that like- CD Best day ever. Good? Best mm-hmm. thing ever. My yeah. mom always let me get a book. This yeah. is probably our fault, this book cord of mine. <laughs> right. And so those, you're, you know, teachers are still using those. You can set up a teacher account and then shop as a student on your own teacher account. That's what I do. So oh, you set, so up yours, set up a teacher account. You can set it up just, they just ship them to your school for you. Mm-hmm. So you just sign up with your school and then, but then shop linked to your teacher account and then you get rewards. So like if you spend $50 in books this year, then you might get, you know, 10 free books for the year, whatever it is. So, and I used to use a teacher's account. Like one of my teachers, Mrs. Jurig would always mm-hmm. give me those flyers so I could order cheap books, but I would also be giving her points. Well, I was like, what, what am I doing? I need, yeah. I need those. Yeah. <laughs> I need more books. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I do it like that. And that works out really good. I think Scholastic Book Club's even shipping to people's homes since there's, you know, a pandemic and they're right. And a lot, people. and people are home. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, um, again, during a normal world, we have two Scholastic warehouses close to us. Do you guys have that? I don't think so. Have you heard of that? Close. They do I've like one. They do warehouse sales where I'm not kidding. There's like an entire room that all the books are a dollar and then an entire, it's very dangerous. So setting a budget is for when Scholastic prints them. It's totally. Yeah. The other time I do that book sale is like my local library will have, we, there's a, like a group called friends of the library. Mm -hmm. And so they just support, they're like, you know, the fundraising group for the library. So if you join that, then you get access to these friends of the library sales. Mm-hmm. So like when the Columbus city library, Columbus public library is huge. When they have theirs, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you pay, you know, the $15 to be a friend of the library that goes towards that club who raises money for the library all the year. And then mm-hmm. you get access to these used book things. Yes. Um, use the library books. I have a ton of those. Yeah. Rachel, when we were, do you remember when we were in I was grad just going to bring that out. A library near, near you in Michigan. Yeah. And they just, you paid, I think it was only $6 and they gave you a bag and they were like, fill it with whatever you want. And you can basically just have whatever book you want for yeah. paying this fee that went, I don't, I'm not sure where it went to, but probably something similar to yeah. support the library. But, but that's like, idea. yeah, that's like also a grad student's dream, right? When you have no money, <laughs> but you're like, I right. need materials. <laughs> You just exactly. load it up. It was perfect. Yeah. So when you shop through Scholastic, I think Scholastic's one of those that is really easy to find diverse books through because yeah. you they have like flyers. Like there's the inchworm flyer and the firefly flyer. That's mm-hmm. hard to say. Firefly flyer. <laughs> Tongue twister. So they're based on ages, but they also have one called We Need Diverse Books. Mm-hmm. And so it has diverse characters of all sorts in the cool. book. So it's really cool. I think. I think as speech therapists, we have to really look at our own library and challenge ourselves about the different areas of diversity that we need to grow in. Because like, I feel really confident in my 
I have different ethnicities in my library at home. Mm -hmm. I know baby Beckett is going to get to see all these cool different characters just doing regular life things too. They don't have to be like poignant books about race. Right. Be a book with a group of different characters. And right. They don't have to all be, you know, heavy books. They just need to be diverse characters doing everyday things. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so like, I feel really confident in that, but I don't have a lot of books. I was just thinking about this this week is I don't have a lot of books with kids with different physical disabilities. Mm. Um, so I, that's one area this school year, I'm going to kind of like personally challenge myself to mm -hmm. find books because you have to go and do the work. You have to go right. search them out. I need books with kids with hearing loss um, mm -hmm. or kids in a wheelchair or right. limb differences. Like I just don't have a lot of that. And we've had several students, I've had several students on my caseload who would have seen themselves in a book if I had had those Right. materials ready and sourced. And just yeah. because there's not many of them does not give me an excuse to not have them. I have to exactly. No, that's such a good them. point. Mm -hmm. um, you can, so there's lots of different kinds of diversity, but I think everyone needs to look at their own, you know, library or their library choices. They're not, they don't do books yeah. you own, just what are you using in therapy and how can you go out of your way to make sure everyone sees themselves in those picture books. Right. Yeah. So, have you guys heard of the app we read too? Yeah. Yeah. So I just came across this. It's an app called We Read Too. And the app is just packed full of, um, they break it down into three different sections. So picture books, chapter books, middle grade and young adult, but they're mm -hmm. all diverse characters and diverse stories. And I didn't even awesome. know that was an, and it was out there and you get the option to when you're scrolling along and you find a book that you like, it'll actually take you to a site to purchase it. Awesome. Which is awesome too. Yeah. That's very and I cool. like that it has like the it gives you a little synopsis right there too. Yeah. So you're not like going back and forth. Like when you when you go to the internet and you read like a list top ten middle yeah. grade books with diverse characters, great, but they don't have the synopsis of right. the cover and the sometimes I can just tell by the cover my kiddos aren't gonna pick that up if I right. give that choice as you know, something to read. So the We Read Two app really has a nice little synopsis of the book right there for you, which saves you time. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I know, Jenny, you mentioned going to your um, public library and on your speech room library account, you had mentioned a educator account. And yeah. that is something that I didn't, I haven't checked. I need to check into my library to see if that's an option. But you were mentioning that typically you get like longer checkout times. You can check out more books. And the reason I know this exists is because I went to my, I moved to a new town and a new suburb of Columbus and I went and got a library card here mm -hmm. and then I went to check out and I had too many books and she was like you can't check out with this many I'm like really because I'm a teacher I always just say I'm a teacher because yeah. it's easier that way yeah like I'm a teacher and I really want these books for October because if I wait they're going to be all checked out and mm -hmm. I'm like you know giving her a spiel trying to let her she's like well where's your educator card and I'm like excuse me I yeah. need one of those <laughs> and so she signed me up for one so I have two accounts now and you can check out like three times as many books you can check them out for longer you can you don't get fined if you bring them back damaged like I think a regular account on my in my library you have one book a year like a grace thing mm -hmm. you don't have to pay to mm -hmm. fix it if it gets damaged well, educators get like 10 damaged books where they have to pay. Amazing. There's just lots of like perks like that. And then at my library, they have these like teacher kits pre-made for books. So like, let's oh, say cool. it's um, the book, The Giver. 
they're mostly for um there's like elementary ones and there's like middle school ones mm -hmm. so okay. they have multiple copies of the same book and you can check out this packet and it has like pre-made learning stuff in it not yeah. a ton of the pre-made stuff applies but it's really nice to be able to give every kid in your group the same book to hold on yes to. yeah Absolutely. ours does the same thing they call them like book bags and they're leveled mm -hmm. um i think by ages so i think they have like elementary and middle they might have a preschool too for like parent workshops and stuff like that but i've seen those too yeah and if the younger ones at my library have like five different books about the farm or mm -hmm. whatever okay. the older ones have multiple copies of the same book so either way it's just a really nice bonus you can use if you have the educator account yeah yeah <laughs> that is that's such yep. good advice because i feel like every time i go to the library i'm usually going to the library to get books for like holidays. So to get my books for like seasons or holidays and they're always gone, no matter how soon I go, they're, they're either not fully out yet or they're just picked through already. And yeah. I don't get any of the ones that I was looking for. The way I handle that is that I like, when it's the school year, I kind of work like almost two whole months in advance to get mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then I go online, reserve them. And then I can keep, you know, cause you can just keep rechecking them out. Usually right. three months, you can keep a book out in my yeah. So yeah. I try to go online and get them. I don't take them all because I don't want to meet all the <laughs> Right. You don't want to hoard them all. I have a lot of books already. <laughs> right. For Not sure. Meeting them, but. <laughs> well, so for those themed books, um, can you maybe give us some ideas for like seasons and holidays of stuff that you do to kind of incorporate those into your sessions? Yeah. So I, when I worked in preschool, I mean, the last seven years have been only in preschool. So I have, that's kind of how I work. And I work on the school's curriculum, but in preschool, the curriculum is a lot to do with kind of seasonal things too. Right. So we don't directly do like holidays, but we work around those seasons. So like at Christmas, instead of Christmas, we do family traditions. Mm -hmm. So some people, when we have like share day, we'll come in and talk about their Jewish family tradition. So it is kind of, cool. um, becomes holiday themed that yeah. just by proxy of that yeah. so people come and talk about their christmas traditions those different kind of things um and so i usually plan like a week's worth of materials around the curriculum or the season and i always have a book even if the book isn't going to be my primary the book mm -hmm. is such my safety net so i always have a book on the curriculum topic or the holiday theme seasonal theme just so that i have something because if i need to fill 10 minutes i can do that with a book right rather than having to drag 10 toys down there for different levels of engagement mm -hmm. i can use a book with my cause and effect learners and my kids working on wh questions and my social skills yes. kids. i can really flex it with mm -hmm. the least amount of prep so i try to always bring seasonal books related to you know whatever the curriculum is even if that's even if the main project's going to be an art project that day yeah. Right. Absolutely. I have to say my two favorite like themes would definitely be Halloween, probably because that's like my favorite holiday. I love fall or St. Patrick's Day because my kids think leprechauns are like either the funniest things or like the creepiest things. Right. Lots of yeah. engagement. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love the teachers in schools that um, like high or they, they like they throw apart their room basically. That's I don't our know school. If teachers at your school do, yeah. do this, but they do have 
at my old school that I used to work at. Um, and it would be the leprechaun. And it was like a whole week where the leprechaun was just wrecking havoc on their classroom. But they thought it was the funniest, craziest That thing. is my principal's so like favorite thing. On, on Usually on St. Patrick's Day, she'll have that. Then she'll have, she goes to the dollar store and gets a bunch of gold coins and puts mm-hmm. those in the hall and then puts a couple drops of um, green food coloring in the toilets. And they oh think it's like the funniest thing ever. I love that. Go all out. Yeah. <laughs> my so, favorite books for back to school are ones that are like tied to that social emotional piece because I feel like yeah. we, it's really easy to target like back to school like content vocab. Like right. here's what a pencil is. Here's what a yeah. is. Like just right. the vocabulary of back to school and the WH questions and that kind of stuff. But like the kissing hand is just like the sweetest the book sweetest. you know about Jess the Raccoon who's nervous to go to school so I like to use those like social emotional books yeah to kind of tie in absolutely yeah no that's such a good idea so the last thing we kind of wanted to touch on with you Jenna was if you could maybe give us just a couple ideas of activities or book related activities that you use to facilitate speech and language and especially maybe pertaining to what parents can use at home because I know right now especially um, a lot of parents are receiving the news that their kids are not going back physically to school. It's all virtual learning. So um, I know that parents are definitely looking for some ideas to do at home. And a book is a really inexpensive and easy thing to kind of help facilitate that language and learning. And hopefully something they already have. Yes, exactly. One of the things that we do at my school is we have a curriculum night. So like for older elementary kids, that might be like talking about the actual social studies curriculum. Well, at preschool, we do kind of parent instruction, parent coaching. And so we've done that with books the last two years mm-hmm. where we teach them how to take a book and make it into something they can do at home awesome. and any of those speech and language goals. So what we do is give each parent two books. We order them from Scholastic. They're, we pick the dollar books and we just mm-hmm. pick the best one. Like last year it was Duck on a Bike. And I think maybe we did a Pow Pow book before. I can't remember yeah. what the other one was. Mm-hmm. And we show them how with just like Post-it notes and popsicle sticks how to do a book so on the popsicle sticks we put the characters so then those can become little puppets or they can be the visual cues to answer wh questions yeah they can you know become play so maybe if you do duck on a bike and you have all these farm animals then you take those little characters over to the plastic farm you have at your house and we extend that idea and we do story retail with those little characters um and whatever play, whatever toys you have at home, it doesn't have to be this, you know, preset thing. Right. The other thing we do is take post-it notes and we'll have the parents go through the whole book and write down all the F sounds that they find for their students. So fish and um, fun and football and whatever F words they find in that book and write them on a post-it note. That way the parent can just read the book, but also have those kind of in their mind mm-hmm. about what they're looking for, because to them, it's not as easy just to read and pick out sounds like we do. Right. If they go through the book and spend 30 seconds beforehand pulling out those targets, they have a really good chance of being able to facilitate those sounds, have their students practice them Mm -hmm. while they're reading. The same thing for WH questions. Like we'll give them post-it notes and say, write one WH question you could ask on each page. Mm -hmm. And that way they have thought ahead of time what they're doing. And then after they've done that for a couple books, I feel like they start to get more confident and they don't need those supports anymore. Mm -hmm. They can start to kind of facilitate that on their own and make that book learning a little more interactive and maybe directing. I mean, we know that reading books is essential for kids, 
but it also helps parents be able to pull anything off the shelf, spend five minutes with their kiddo and feel like they've really helped. Right. And get away from the screen for a little bit and do yeah. something with a book. I think that's so helpful. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. For sure. So and I it's think not something oh. they have to work hard at um, yeah. preparing. That's mm-hmm. the big exactly. thing. We know parents are stretched thin. And at the end of the day, right. if they've worked a job and then it's COVID stress and all the things right. in life. Yeah. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be something extra. It can just be part of your bedtime routine. Daily routine. Exactly. Yes. And Rachel and I have tried to really um, say that a lot in the recommendations we give on the podcast is it's not stuff that you have to go and spend all this money on or do all this extra work for. There's a lot of really easy things you can do that you are already doing, but maybe put some extra language and some extra opportunities for learning in there. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that that's all we have, Jenna. We loved our time with you. Thank you so much for talking to us. We have both been following you on Instagram for a while now. So we are just (laughs) feeling so lucky that we get to see you face to face a little bit and talk to you. And it's just been really great. It's been really fun. I'm so proud of all the speech therapists. You know, when I started my blog, this makes me sound old. <laughs> Nine years ago, almost having my ten. Year almost year ten. Oh, how exciting! Next year, because I worked my CF year and then started it okay. the, year, the next year, my mm-hmm. summer of my second year. So I feel, first of all, old, but second <laughs> of all, so happy that, like, it didn't just stop at oh, I'm going to start a blog or I'm going to start a TPT store. I'm going to start, you know, right. The field is growing so much, and the way we support and communicate with each other, like podcasts. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought ten years ago that we have. Know therapy podcast yeah just like listen to in your car and feel like you're not an island at work right amazing so I'm very proud of all of you yes doing good things to keep spreading the joy of speech therapy speech therapy can be fun I know it gets to be hard the trenches can be hard but it is and it's back to things that like inspire you excite you exactly and I I think that's what the whole Instagram community and podcast community is about is just giving ourselves that inspiration when we feel stuck or need new ideas and we can bounce ideas off of each other. Like, I think it's such a good outlet for us. Yeah. I feel like I'm always seeing something new or someone new or people come up with like the simplest ideas or tips and Mm -hmm. tricks that they have. And I'm like, why didn't I think of (laughs) it? Also, I'm so glad that we have this community and everyone's so willing to help. Yes. Um, I agree. I agree. And I feel like some, like my husband has obviously no speech therapy experience, but like when I'll post about something that like failed and he's like, why would you do that? I'm like, well, because I want someone to learn from my mistakes. And also I'm being Mm -hmm. real. Like there's no reason to be perfect. Like everyone knows that you bomb a session. Like that happens a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But it is, that's the hard part of our job is that you're, you're reacting. Right. You have to be able to react. It doesn't matter what you planned whatever you planned might go out the window that day for sure especially with that young population because I have had several sessions as of lately um with like two-year-olds that the majority of the session is we're just really upset and we're crying but that's okay (laughs) because eventually we're making progress even if it's baby steps and yeah I think fails like that and hearing other people's experiences are so important Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much again. We appreciate you being on here and we are excited to continue to hear about your adventures, especially in the new school year. Good luck with thank everything. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Jenna. Bye. 
we wanted to give you just a real quick wrap up on some of the areas of speech and language that books are wonderful for because obviously there's a lot of different parts of speech and language. So for both parents and SLPs, you definitely want to listen to this part because it'll give you some just quick ideas and wrap ups of what we talked about in the episode. Um, I did want to touch real quick on teletherapy. I know some of you therapists are still on teletherapy. You're starting it. You may be half on it, half off, whatever's going on with your situation. Uh, we want to make sure you know you can still do books on teletherapy and you can do them well. There is a plethora of online book resources and there's so many more than we're even going to tell you. Um, I have a couple off the top of my head, Rachel, fill, fill in because I'm sure there's more, mm -hmm. but I use books a lot. I use Storyline a lot. I learned that on Instagram a couple months ago and I love it. It's where famous people read the book, but then there's also like a cute little video along with it, but they just make it fun. Um, Storyberries is a newer one that I'm looking into. It's free and they just have a bunch of different books. Again, just a visual resource. There's so many more, right? Yeah. I haven't heard of Storyberries. That's, I, is that new? It, so it's new to me also. I was kind of just searching to see the free um, mm -hmm. book resources and I'm actually going to share this link that I found on our page because there's a whole list of, and I didn't get a chance to look at all of them yet because there were like 15 of them mm -hmm. of top, uh, book resources that are online that give you that virtual book essentially. Oh, so we'll cool. share that with you. I haven't gotten a chance honestly to look into story berries, but, um, it seems like it's pretty similar to books to be honest with you. Oh, cool. So another one that I was going to mention that one of our listeners, Angela suggested to us was Epic, mm -hmm. which we had mentioned on a previous episode. And then I just wanted to touch super quick on storyline online, which is what Claire was talking about where celebrities mm -hmm. read the books. The super cool thing about that is if you pick a book, they usually have a link to actual lesson plans, which is awesome for teachers because it includes those common core standards, but they also have a section where you can totally work speech and language stuff in. So they'll include WH questions, they'll include some of that higher level thinking or prompting for those upper level grades. Mm -hmm. um, like fourth and fifth grades, they have um, like inference questions. And if you were in this character's position, how would you have handled it? And I really like that because it kind of takes some of the work out of it, but it's really engaging. Like Claire said, they have those videos. Um, and not only is it a video of a celebrity or someone famous reading the story, but they have little, it's hard to describe. They have like little, they have little clips that happen during it. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're watching a movie, honestly. It's very cool. And books does that too. Actually, they have the, um, the teaching planning, they have like a teacher's packet or something yeah. that comes with it if you click on the book. So it gives you a bunch of questions that you can give the child as you're reading it, after you read it, some key uh, vocabulary words or key concepts to look at in there. So Vooks has the same thing. That's awesome. And I love it. Um, I know Vooks, I don't think it's free forever. I think you can get a free trial, but it does cost something eventually. But Storyline Online is always free. So that's mm -hmm. a good one to look into for sure. Yeah. So the first part of speech and language we wanted to touch on is articulation. If you're a parent that's listening, I know a lot of parents are like, what is articulation? It's essentially just speech sounds. So the production of speech, if your child is working on their THs or Rs or Fs or whatever it is. Also, if your child has a motor planning 
disorder, motor speech planning disorder, where they have something like apraxia or dysarthria that also goes along with it. So um, speech sound therapy can get very redundant. I know it can. All of my SLPs out there know it. Mm -hmm. It can get boring for us too, because you don't want to be the therapist that's just drilling with cards the entire time. It gets boring. So I think books can be a really good way to motivate kids to work on their speech sounds. And like we've said before, and like Jenna said, there's a lot of times that you can just pull those words out of books and have them prepared, whatever words uh, have that target speech sound in them. And then there you go, you have it. TPT has a ton of reading comprehension packets that focus on specific sounds. Also, I'll link some of my favorites. There's one with R that I really like. It's kind of a tongue twister because it's like, Randy rides the red something. I don't know if that's actually what it says, but it's fun though because it focuses on R consistently. And then it has questions at the end where you can carry it over into conversational language if they're at that level and need to practice their R's at that level or whatever sound they're working on. So it's a great way just to have speech sounds in a different way. Um, so we'll link that for you. Yeah. And I, then I, I just want to say something yeah. really quick. I found this really cute book in the library that's in my elementary school um, a couple years ago, and it's called Wadney Wat, like Rodney Rat, but he can't say his R's, and it's a really sweet story, and it has kind of that like social aspect of like maybe your kids being teased because they can't say something correctly. So if if you guys have the chance, I would check that book out because it's very sweet. What a good book too for phonemic awareness. So you're yeah. kind of thinking of that, or even the minimal pair aspect of R versus W. That would be awesome to incorporate that into your speech sessions. Yeah. So then the last part of this would be apraxia. So I have a client with apraxia actually that I have been incorporating a lot of books with because it's so much fun and it motivates her as opposed to it just being drilled the whole time. Apraxia therapy is so repetitive and it has to be, but that means it can really wear, it can be really tiring for especially the little kids. So bring in something different, like a book that you can work on those motor planning sounds on. That pout pout fish book, you could do the pout pout fish. Even if they can't say their final consonants, you're at least getting that motor planning of pout pout fish or some whatever level they're at. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of funny sounds. So any books that have those funny sounds that you can kind of make into a motor planning um, goal for that book would be really, really helpful. And also books with repetitive text. So like we said before with the verbal routines, kind of like the Pout Pout Fish has, or a lot of Goodnight Moon has them. Um, a lot of the Dr. Seuss books have these predictive, they know what's going to come next and they know the words that are going to come so they can help you read through it. And it's going to give these kids a lot more confidence with their ability to help you with these books. And it's going to be fun for them because kids with apraxia really struggle with that. And they benefit from that repetitive speech and repetitive sounds. And so any repetitive books are going to be really fun and motivating for them. Did you say brown bear? And brown bear. No, That's I did not, but I one. should. Yeah. I, I can't believe we haven't touched on that yet. Even with Jenna, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> brown bear is like one of my all-time favorite books. And there are so many fun boom cards and um, like story companions with brown bear that you can do. It's crazy. It's like the most popular book ever. So. I love that. Yeah. And another one is language. So this is huge. You guys, you can do so much with any book, pick up a book and 
give us, give us the title and we will give you a list of language stuff that you can implement with these books, because I promise really any book is going to facilitate a ton of language. Um, you can look at verbs. So what is the main character doing on each page? There's a lot, usually a lot of verbs that you can find. You can work on prepositions. Um, for example, for the pout pout fish, he goes up and down when he's swimming. So he up, down, up, down, or he's on the sand, different things like that. Um, expanding utterances. So I see brown bear. I see red bird. So going back to that brown bear book, you can expand on those utterances. Answering WH questions. Uh, we've talked about this a lot. So just answering those comprehension questions either while you're reading through the book or even after. Um, wordless books are really great for language too. I love using wordless books to get language samples for you speech therapists out there, mm -hmm. especially um, like fluency samples. It's really nice because they can just basically give you the story and it's not them actually reading. They're just giving you that monologue. So to provide a speech sample for fluency, um, you can get a lot out of that. Yeah, I like that. So just going off of that for fluency, you can also have your student work on using their fluency strategies to read a page in the book, or you can also have them retell the story afterwards because we know that speaking off the cuff and reading, you can get two very different um, fluency samples. Uh, so that would be worth taking a look at. You can also run through some of those WH questions and have them answer using their fluency techniques. You can also use books um, I have with my fluency kiddos and I've read them and I add in disfluencies and I have the student point out um, when they happen and identify what type of disfluency it was or if there was a secondary behavior or what. And another thing that you can use books for, which is awesome, would be social skills. So Julia Cook is the author of some absolutely amazing social skills books. And our school is lucky enough to purchase the entire collection. So I have looked at all of them. And let me tell you, they are amazing. So I would definitely check thrift books like we were talking about earlier to see if any of the these titles are on there. We will link Julia Cook's website because there are far too many for me to read, but I did pick a couple out. Um, there's one called, but it's just a game where, um, you know, winning and losing can be hard for kids. And it talks about that, which I think is really important to address. My mouth is a volcano, personal space camp, which is adorable. But she also has some really awesome books that deal with different life events. And those titles are The Can and Cancer, Foster Care, One Dog's Journey of Change, Deployment, One of Our Pieces is Missing. So they're really sweet books. I think they're definitely worth adding to your library or at least taking a look at. So make sure you check that out. And the last thing, the easiest thing to use books for would just be for reinforcers. So don't forget that books can always be used as the perfect reinforcer after any activity. So maybe you have an activity and books just don't easily work into it or it's difficult for your kids to target their speech sounds and read the book and it feels like too many pieces and maybe they're distracted well books can always be used as their break or as their reward or they get to go to your little in speech room or in classroom library and pick out their favorite book and then you get to read it or I have finger puppets and now you can act it out together. So I think reinforcers is probably the easiest way to use it. Um, but there, 
are, as we've gone over tons of different ways to use books in your sessions. And I just think it's so important to, to use them. I love that. Absolutely. And parents, like we've said before too, incorporate it into your daily routine. We said that in previous episodes, I know, but it's so important to have books in your daily routine and it'll keep your child motivated and wanting to learn about books and read books. So make sure you just have those around all the time. So now it is time for our giveaway. Yay. This is yet another week without a drum roll. Without the drum roll every week I'm saying I'm going to get one and I don't. But someday. So the winner of our giveaway is Bianca, who is the founder of Bose Bubbles and Speech. Her Instagram is so super cute. Um, Bose Bubbles Speech is her Instagram name. Um, And Bianca, if you're listening, please contact us as soon as you hear this, and we will hook you up with your Show My Smile mask and your little anti-fog spray as well. And if we don't hear from you within the next couple of days, we will reach out to you, but we're so excited for you. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. And before we end this episode, we just wanted to remind you guys that our Let's Taco merch is live and available. And if you purchase in the next couple of days, you'll get a free sticker and a scratch off ticket with a chance to win some PPE. We have shield pals. We have show my smile masks. So make sure you check out the link in our bio for that. Also, when you're purchasing at the end, it's going to ask you if you want to share your name and address with us. Make sure you check yes on that. That's how we know where to send your sticker and your scratch off because they'll be coming in two separate packages. And also make sure you guys keep your eyes peeled because we have something really exciting coming next week with a couple different partners. So you won't want to miss out on that. Yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff planned, guys. Uh, Also, just a reminder that you can now find all of our resources we talk about from each episode on our website, letstalkaboutspeech.com. So make sure you check that out after episodes if you're wondering, you know, where you can find something that we talked about. Just click on the episode tab, navigate to the episode you're looking for, and you'll find a whole bunch of the resources that we talked about on there. You can also look at our partnerships. So like Shield Pals and Show My Smile, their information is on there as well. Let us know if you have any questions on that or are looking for something specific that maybe we didn't link or something that you want more information on. Awesome. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys again so much for joining us. And as always, you can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at supersweetspeech. And if you or anyone you know is in need of speech therapy in Southeast Michigan, feel free to email me at speechissupersweet at gmail.com. You can also follow the Let's Talk About Speech podcast on Facebook and Instagram. So make sure you give those a like and a follow. And like Claire said, don't forget to check out our website, which is letstalkaboutspeech.com. And then you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or my Facebook page, Kindly Speech LLC. And if anyone in Virginia or Ohio area is in need of speech teletherapy, please contact me. My email is kindlyspeechllc at gmail.com. Rachel and I also have an email for the podcast, let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com. So that's a quick way that you can ask us any questions or give us suggestions. Thank you so much for listening. This was such a fun episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.